What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Tivit the Cap podcast. I am here today with another installment of the Culture Mini Series. This is something that I wanted to do for a long time, and this uh, quarantine has really kind of let me get into it a little bit. Um, if you remember the initial episode, I talked about culture as a whole, what it is and how it factors into sports. Then last time we were together, I spoke with Charlie Karstet, and we talked about building culture in a program, putting, you know, ideals and philosophies in place and today i am joined by a very special guest with guest which kind of switches gears a little bit i am here with allison yelich who is a grad student at ub in the social work department and she is going for her what's it called again <laughs> my well it's my master's in social work so my msw her msw and she very interestingly, is kind of gearing her entire program toward dealing with athletes and kind of a sports psychologist type of realm. And she is currently working a lot uh, hand in hand with many students with UB Athletics, um, some of them academically and even stemming into the world of helping athletes help themselves in certain ways. So uh, Elliot, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and kind of just tell us how you got here. Like, what, what, what made you go down that road? Sure, absolutely. So, I'm Allie. Um, I am currently in my second year of three years of my MSW program. Um, a lot of times when you hear about social work, a lot of people think of, like, child welfare and CPS and things like that. Um, or a lot of, like, political things. Um, and that's definitely been a struggle for me, like working through my program, but it also kind of works in my favor um, because I went for my undergrad in psychology. Um, I kind of always wanted to be a school counselor, and then I figured out that that really wasn't what I wanted to do. So I switched gears for a while. I worked for a meal prep company in a gym and really got involved in the world of fitness and health and wellness. Um, I grew up, I was an athlete. I was in a family of athletes. Um, my family is very athletic. So this has just kind of always been my realm. And I sort of conceptualized this while I was working for the gym and meal prep company. Um, and I thought about how athletes are an overlooked population in terms of mental health. And when I did some research on how to gear my program towards my own success, um, you know, whether I should go for psychology um, and go down that route and get my PhD and become a sports psychologist, or if I should go a different different path, social work felt like a really cool route for me because um, I can get my master's and I can become a licensed clinical social worker and I can work with athletes in a different capacity than maybe a sports psychologist could. So psychology is very science-based. Right. For me, social work is very human-based. Um, so the reason that I went this route was because it just has a lot more versatility in, in the program. Um, so it was really cool when I was selected for UB Athletics for my, my foundation year, so my first year internship, um, because I didn't think that anyone else there really, out there really thought of social work as a medium to work with athletes. And it turns out it's a really growing field. Um, I'm not just making it up on the spot like I thought I was. <laughs> so it's really cool um, because of, you can address things like the culture of of sports and being what it means to be an athlete, um, as well as you know individual needs and broad broader spectrum p 
policy needs and everything in between. Awesome. So growing up playing sports, um, well, first off, why don't we cover what sports you did play? Because as <laughs> as we know, this is a baseball-themed podcast. However, um, I know you and your family are not necessarily <laughs> baseball people. However, we work past that through our interactions. And so why don't you just, just where, what did you grow What did you play growing up? And let's attack that side first. I mean, if you ask my brothers, we should probably use the term athlete pretty loosely when we refer to myself. Um, <laughs> Battering ram. <laughs> Battering ram in a jersey is from, from what I've heard. <laughs> so I grew up playing ice hockey. Um, my little brother played ice hockey. My dad played ice hockey. Um, pretty sure my grandfather played ice hockey. We've, we've been a pretty big hockey family from, for as long as I can remember. And I really wanted to play because I watched my brother out there and it just looked so fun. Um, getting out those aggressive tendencies. <laughs> um, I also played lacrosse very briefly, but I had a lot of injuries when I was in the athletic field. So, um, I stopped playing lacrosse after I broke my wrist the first time. And um, then in high school, I briefly ran cross country for fun, just randomly. So That's weird. <laughs> Running for fun. I don't understand it. It wasn't quite too fun for me. <laughs> I, I'll say that. <laughs> I, uh, I, I do understand it from the realm of, uh, I believe we've talked in the past, you said you kind of did it to be in shape for other other sports and to be absolutely in, in just in better shape as a whole. And that's why I swam my senior year. For those of you who have been paying attention, know I did that. So I think we'll start in that realm. So speaking in a world of athletes, injuries are commonplace. Yeah. We, we as coaches, you know, myself from the coaching realm, we try to prevent them as much as possible, but things happen. An errant shot, a, you know, a just, I mean, stepping the wrong way on a bumpy piece of grass and you could be on the shelf for how long? And I'm getting a look here because that kind of sounds like something I would do. It's anyway, something I did. <laughs> I didn't know that. So the, let's talk, let's talk about this from the culture of injuries, but like even before we really dive into the culture side of it, like how, how does how does what you do and what you hope to do bleed into the world of helping an athlete that's been hurt? Because we've all been there. If you if you're an athlete and you've never gotten hurt, you are one of the like minor percentage lucky ones. And I can tell you from a couple pretty nasty injuries in my time, it definitely weighs on you, and it definitely kind of hits hits you in a way you don't really expect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm actually going to kind of take us a step back a little bit to kind of bring us forward toward the injury perspective. Um, so this actually really connects very well with a project that I'm currently working on. Um, so for my internship at UB Athletics, I'm an academic specialist most primarily. However, my internship supervisor has really worked with me on how I wanna be working with student athletes and how I plan to work on athletes in the future. Um, so one of my biggest projects for the course of this entire year has been a self-care manual that's completely geared toward athletes. Um, athletes don't, athletes take on a lot of different identities and a lot of different roles and they'll be the first person to say, oh, self-care, yeah, okay, like that comes later. Like I have all these other things I need to check off my list. Like I can take care of that at another time. Um, so basically the, the goal of this manual that I'm creating is to help provide them with tools to make that a little bit easier to help prioritize themselves. 
Um, and one of the sections that I'm talking about in my manual is injuries and how to deal with injuries because there's a major psychological side to being injured. Um, yes, there is. <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, athletes have a lot of identity built up into their experience with sport. So, and that plays a lot of role in the culture experience. So, in terms of addressing injuries, there's there's a lot of different ways that we want to make sure that athletes can can feel supported um, and make sure they understand that, you know, they're not alone. Um, there's ways that they can kind of work through that and, and deal with the mental side of it as well as the physical side. Um, so, that's part of what I've been working on is, you know, kind of creating the tools for them to do that, but also to understand how... You know, maybe if an injury is season ending or career ending, how that plays a role in their athletic identity and in turn um, the culture of being an, an athlete. Now, what else does this uh, this self-care, self-care playbook? Yes. Well, it's a self-care manual. So right. there was one there was one that was already created through UB athletic or through UB. Um, and I kind of adapted it. So basically, like, they put out a disclaimer saying that, you know, anyone can adapt this manual for any specific population. Um, here are the requirements, you know, whatever. All and that. you essentially said challenge accepted. <laughs> I sure did. So I adapted it for student athletes. And in that context, I've made it much more athlete friendly in my language, including the title being the self-care playbook instead of the self-care manual. So it's kind of creative in the sense that, like, Instead of a table of contents, it's a it's a play call, and I've named each section after a, a sim, like a a play that kind of corresponds with like the title of something sport related. Yeah, to kind of absolutely. kind of bridge the gap into something that maybe an athlete wouldn't have read if it says sleep schedule. So, a perfect room. example is um, mindfulness. Um, I don't know how much your your listeners are familiar with the concept of mindfulness, um, but well, a lot of people can think I it's... Can, I can tell you one of the main goals of this podcast is to expand people's minds. <laughs> this is all about growth mindset. So here you go. Brand new knowledge coming in hot on tip of the cap. Mindfulness. Let's do this. So mindfulness is a concept of, of just being aware and being present in the moment. Um, it's really, you know, especially, I mean... I'm sure you can relate to this. I know you can. Um, your mind is kind of going a mile a minute in a million different directions multiple times a day. And really the concept of mindfulness is focusing on, you know, the one task that's at hand. So right now, a perfect example of mindfulness would just being be being really present in this podcast and having this conversation with you. Perfect example. So mindfulness, although very effective and really important for general life skills and experience, can kind of be looked at as hippie shit. <laughs> um, that's exactly how my supervisor and I had this conversation in her office. So instead of phrasing it as mindfulness in my self-care playbook, I kind of created this concept called being in the zone because sports psychology really focuses on the concept of being in the zone. And we can all relate that when you're out on the field, when you're out on the ice or whatever it might be, even when you're lifting in the gym, you're in the zone. You're focused on what you're doing and that's what you're thinking about. So um, there's a different way that it's there's a different way that that's approached through sports psychology, but for the context of my playbook, I kind of geared it towards the con the concept of mindfulness. Uh, so that's pretty much what I did with this this entire project was really just gear everything more specifically towards athletes. And the interesting side of this, I think every coach I've ever known has at one point or another struggled with 
the in-game mindfulness of their team where you want your team focused on that one-score game that you're in the middle of and they're talking about going to Moe's for lunch later. <laughs> so I, I definitely find it interesting. And it's, you know, it's what are some other things that you cover in this playbook? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I start off with kind of like introducing the entire concept of self-care. Um, in that first section, I talk about being in the zone. Um, just things like that. And then it kind of bridges us into the first step, which is really getting to know yourself. So it's a, it, the whole first play is just self-assessments. Um, getting to understand, you know, where you stand in terms of how you take care of yourself already, what you do with your time, um, and everything like that. And then the expectations of being a student athlete and how that applies to um, how else you're using your time and your, your overall athlete experience, I guess. And then um, I go into a lot of different topics. So we talk a lot about um, food and nutrition and things like that. Um, again, not I'm not you know a qualified dietitian, but I bring to light just you are, the however, a certified nutrition specialist. Nutrition yes. specialist through the International Sports Science. <laughs> it's not the same though, and it's I don't not, want to step outside that. of my realm of expertise but so this, I, really, I, I only bring that up because this is important because we as coaches do talk a lot about taking care of yourself and your body and what you put into it does matter so absolutely sorry but ultimately I mean in terms of even when I talked about injuries like I don't want to come across as like I'm a doctor I, I know it all right exactly I'm compiling information I'm definitely not a doctor but I will take a look <laughs> I'm just compiling information that other people have are that our experts have you know presented on um, in an effective way for athletes to get the tools that they need for success. Right. So we talk about um, a lot of the things. A lot of the things that I've compiled are from like the NCAA and even just resources within UB itself because it is it is a tool that's specifically for UB students. Um, it goes into different campus resources and things like that. But um, we talk about stress management, different tools for success. So like different ways that athletes can take care of themselves through. Um, yoga, different breathing techniques. Um, try to stay away from the word meditation because, again, similar connotation to mindfulness. Right. But different techniques that they might feel are going to be effective for their success. Um, different journaling exercises that are specifically geared toward athletes. Um, goal setting, injury management, lots of different things. Um, there's there's a lot of different there's a lot of different things that are wrapped up in being an athlete and the experience that a student athlete in particular can have. Right. And now part of the reason that I wanted to dive into this is because when we talk the word culture, the cult the word culture is so multifaceted in our world that whether you're talking about a pro sports team like the Buffalo Bills and Sean Mc, Sean McDermott's whole trust the process thing and you know playoff caliber championship caliber that stuff or your you know I, I, that Lancaster this year we used for the boys you know being our culture why are you doing something it's for the boys you know it's it's not for me it's for the guy next to me it's for the guy that's going to be doing this next year stuff like that the other side of that is the, the the culture can be how the world is viewed like how we as athletes as coaches are viewed as a culture of people Absolutely. And one of those things that I believe, and I think this is part of the reason that you're, you know, going into this so, so heavily and something that it speaks to you so much 
is the culture that sometimes people look at athletes as if an athlete comes out and says, I'm not okay, that's not okay. And this kind of attacks the back end of that saying, you know what, sometimes we're not okay. Sometimes, you know, and that's okay. And here's how to help. Here's resources at your disposal to help yourself get there and get better and be okay. And I personally think it's fantastic. When I first saw your playbook, we'll call it, I refuse to call it anything but the playbook at this point. <laughs> um, you know, I looked at it and it said, you know, every athlete, you know, through injuries, through the existential crisis of, you know, adjusting to college sports versus high school sports, um, even high school sports from your local town or independent travel teams, you know, where all of a sudden you're, you're not, maybe you're not the best player on the team anymore. Maybe you're not even a top half talented player on the team, especially as a, as a freshman. A lot of young kids go through that. They walk in from being big man on campus, and next thing you know, there's two guys your age that are just as good and four guys ahead of you in age that are better because they're bigger and stronger and faster, and all of a sudden your brain starts working in weird ways going, what am I doing here? And this type of thing is part of the culture that I personally would like to break because as a coach, I'm trying to work my kids into you're not going to be the best player on that college roster. You need to work harder. And on the, you know, you need to work harder to, to bridge that gap. And someone like you is working at the other side of the culture saying, it's not if it hits the fan, it's when. Here's how you can help get better or get through it. And that's why I wanted to bring you on and talk to you about this stuff. And kind of tell me what your view on culture in sports is, and however, whatever that may mean to you. This is a broad topic. This is, we're out there. We're in the stratosphere of sports. <laughs> what does culture mean to you as a sports social work person? There's a lot of different ways that can be defined. We got nothing but time. <laughs> so, um, I mean, obviously, like we mentioned, there's a culture of being, just being an athlete. Um, but also in a broader sense, I mean, something that you touched upon is the the concept that it's not okay to not be okay. Um, and that really, in a deeper social work sense, is rooted in um, the structure of society. I mean, it, it really is. It, I know that you won't like to hear this. <laughs> um, it's rooted in a concept of toxic masculinity um, in, the, in the context that men are raised to believe that they have to be strong and be tough and be okay 100% of the time, and it's not okay to not be okay. Um, and that is kind of expanded to women in this field because sports is a man is, is a man's game. And women don't really have a clear defined role in sports because it's emerging still. Right. So women are then forced to adhere to that toxic masculinity structure that uh, it envelops sports. The suck it up buttercup philosophy. Absolutely. Yes. And I mean, did you grow up hearing that? I grew up hearing that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and there, there are points where, you know, as a coach, our job is to toughen kids up. But I think a lot of times that crosses lines of, you know, maybe this kid's not okay today. Maybe this kid's not, you know, not, I mean, and a lot of it is, you know, 
I mean, I've, I've had a kid in sitting in our office in tears because he has a mental breakdown telling us that his family doesn't love him. And, you know, that in that in then crossed into the locker room and how he treated the kids or his, his teammates and how he acted on the field and so on and so forth. And, you know, it's something that we as coaches, I don't think necessarily think about all the time when we're looking at a kid who maybe just took in my world a bad at bat or made a bad error and he's pouting and hanging his head and, you know, wants to throw his helmet or toss his glove down or look pouty. And you want to look at him and say, hey, sweetheart, chin up, let's go. You're fine. Suck it up. When in, the, when in reality, it's that's just another thing on a plate full of garbage he's dealing with right now. And I think what you have to remember is that athletes are humans. We're, we're all people. Everyone's a person first. And I think that's what I love so much about the social work experience is that it makes that's, – that's the basis of it, that everyone's a person first. So I think what we have – and I think that this is a, something that people struggle with in general culture and general experience of life is that we sometimes forget to look at people as a person first. You're at an interaction with somebody in the grocery store and they steal all the chicken off your cart right now during this coronavirus <laughs> pandemic and you want to punch them. But ultimately, like we have to remember, like everyone is fighting their own battles. They have their own experiences and their own struggles that make up what their current experience is with the world. And we have to remember to be empathetic and understanding of that. But also in the context of athletics, making sure we know how to toe the line of that tough love that's important in sports experience and sports culture, but also making sure that we care for the, the kids that we're dealing with. I really love the terminology tough love. And it's because of the idea of when it's used the right way, I think it's one of the best things in the game, in any game. When you are tough on a kid or one of your players, but it comes from a place of pure, true, I love this kid and I want to see him succeed. It is one of the most motivating and magical things on the planet. Tough love isn't being a dick just to be a dick. And I think that's something that happens a lot more than we as people and as coaches want to talk about and want to admit to. That sometimes we all say and do things that's kind of dickish just for the sake of being a dick. And you want something more out of that kid because you want to be successful. You want the team to be successful Versus the, I'm going to push you, I'm going to kind of be a little tough on you, but it's because I want you to be better. I want, I, because I care about you, because I expect better of you and want you to be ready for what life may throw at you tomorrow. It's a similar concept to therapeutic experiences too. Um, when I think about like different intervention techniques in therapy, like there are different times where we you have to read the person you're working with. You have to understand when to push them and when not to and and what kinds of things you need to pull from them um, at what parts of the conversation. Um, it's it's a very similar concept. It's just knowing when to toe that line and knowing when to push and when to when to hold back and show support in a different way. Right. So back to the back to the culture side of this. So what like how else do you see culture in sports? I mean, obviously, like, so there is a, there is a realm of the toxic masculinity of, like, the culture that is not okay to not be okay. And, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously, in this day and age, we are trying to be better at that. And you, much like when I sat and talked some sports technology with people, you're going to have the old school mentality of, 
you know, that, that suck it up buttercup idea. And at the other end, you have the other realm that I hate in sports being the participation trophy realm of thanks for showing up today. Here's a medal. <laughs> Great. You woke up. Here's a medal. Hey, your eyes are blue. Here's a medal. Oh, your eyes are brown. Here's two medals because he got one and you get one and you both showed up. So here's four. I hate it. It, it drives me nuts because I think that's just as damaging as the extreme other side. And I don't know that you've seen this in your realm or if you even will during your time with UB because you're talking about higher end athletes. You're talking about division one caliber players, but have you seen anything along the lines of in your short time here that, you know, you're in this program and just starting off in this field that could kind of tell to something along those lines of something of the one of those cultures or another type of culture that maybe not be great in sports stemming into maybe academics. I have to be really careful about how I approach this because <laughs> confidentiality reasons and things Correct. like that. Um, but I would also say, I, I would have to say no. Um, not in the context that you're talking about anyway. Okay. Well, is any other context? Not that I feel comfortable talking about in terms of confidentiality reasons. Fair Sorry. enough. <laughs> no, that's fine. I like this, and that's that's an interesting side of going into this with somebody in your walk of life is that you do have deep seated conversations with people that they do tell you things in confidence and don't necessarily want that out there. And you know, maybe nobody that listens to this podcast would ever know that that's a thing, but maybe somebody does, and then all of a sudden, like especially with larger scale athletes, it's not that. People are that UB is super well, like UB athletes are super, super well known. But it, in the same regard, they're more well known, especially around here. So. Absolutely, and and all it takes in that realm is somebody who has a little brother that plays baseball, whose dad's a coach, who listens to this and says, "Hey, why are you talking about my son on a podcast?" Don't want to have that happen. Don't want to put get anybody in trouble. So, trying to get us back to a point where we can open conversation a little bit more. Um, do you have any thoughts on how to, let's say, fix the stigma of the it's not okay to not be okay thing? Um, I mean, a lot of it is education and, and offering support for students. Um, I think that in my experience at UB, like the things that I've seen have shown me that that's changing, that these students are recognizing their needs and they recognize that it's okay to not be okay and that they want and need support. Um, there was one instance where I was in a meeting with my supervisor. I actually, I actually participated on like a student wellness coalition, which was a team of staff from UB Athletics dedicated to and not even just UB athletics it was actually across the across the campus but these people were dedicated to student athlete wellness and just kind of came together in a meeting of the minds to provide support for student athletes in the areas that we feel like it's missing um just kind of all talking and collaborating on what we what we think we can do and just before we my supervisor and I left for this meeting um you know she turned to one of her students and was like hey we're walking out the door, um, and he was like, well, hey, hey, where are you going? And she's like, we're going to a student-athlete wellness meeting. Like, do you have anything you want me to talk about? And he specifically said, like, 
there needs to be more mental health support. Like, there are guys on my team and they're not okay. And they don't feel like they have anyone to talk to. Um, so that was really huge. That was a really huge thing to hear, that, that they're recognizing that and understanding that. And, I mean, if you want to talk about culture, we can talk about the culture of being a team and the way that they support each other and how that plays a role and how, how these kids stand up for each other and recognize what their teammates need. Um, yeah, absolutely. Let's go there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, I, I'm i big on the team thing. Um, for those of you at home who've, who listened to my last conversation with Charlie, we do a lot of things. You know, we, He does a lot of things over at Full Circuit. We do a lot of things over at Lancaster that try to breed the you know, the team, the family atmosphere, that whole thing. And it's not just because it's a a ploy for success. It's because it's a thing that, I mean, I know that I can look back and say, maybe not through my high school career. I wish I had something like that a little bit more. I know a lot of guys who are in high school now who have that, who thrive on that. You know, I see guys all over social media who even years after, you know, there's a guy playing in the pros, there's a guy playing D2 somewhere, you know, down the, down, down south somewhere and there's a guy playing D1 up here at Niagara and any given time you could see one of, you know, one of those three guys posting a picture of the three of them in uniform from a team they played on going missing these boys, you know, we'll see you guys soon, hashtag for the boys, hashtag for the culture, whatever it might be. And, you know, I think that's huge in the realm of, you know, attacking this, again, from that other side of athletes being okay is building that team, that camaraderie and I know that I have that with guys that I've played with more recently in my life, but, you know, and that's part of the reason I see the importance of it and want to drive it through high school and trying to, you know, make guys be that way and understand that idea. And I would love to hear your perspective on that from your end of it. Yeah. I mean, in my experience, my team, my personal team experiences were incredible. Um, And I think it comes down to the experience of social connection, really, if we think about it, especially in, the current times that we're in that that's a huge that's a huge thing in human experience and on a team level it's just even deeper um it really i mean you know you talk about it in terms of success like it drives the momentum of a team um to be successful in the sport that they are participating in but it also drives um like i said just the that experience of social connection and camaraderie and and it can create that culture of support like I just experienced like I just explained in that experience with a student who you know was advocating for his teammates right and a lot of times that helps too because then in that world maybe maybe he's you know in that in that case not the guy that's that's hurting a little bit but maybe the guy that's hurting would have never said anything and I think too we and I don't I don't want to say this and you know say that coaches aren't supportive, especially sitting here speaking to a coach, but sometimes they don't necessarily feel like they can go to a coach or they don't necessarily feel like they can go to an advisor, but they have their teammates who are there to support them to be kind of that stepping stone to help get them to the next point, um, to get the, get them to the correct point of contact who maybe can make a difference and can help them in even just the smallest way, just to kind of push them along towards, you know, feeling better and being okay. If you were to if you were to take and I'm just gonna kind of shoot out of left field here, which is the one behind third base because I know you're not a baseball person. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, I have to have a little fun with this, right? Um, so, 
if you were to say, in your opinion, what what is one of the easiest things a, an athlete could do if they're not feeling well about things that could maybe help start to turn the corner or be the be the easiest first step in the right direction? It's really hard to say because it's such an individual experience. I mean, I think about like this self-care playbook that I've created and something that I talked about when we when we started to conceptualize how to implement this into UB athletics was, you know, does somebody need to sit down and go, I mean, this manual is 70 pages, like it's intense. <laughs> um, so does somebody need to sit down and go through each chapter step by step? and work through the manual that way to be comprehensive in and effective in their self-care? And the answer is no. Um, the way that I designed it meant was meant for a student to look at it and be like, well, I currently have a concussion. Like, I could really use some support surrounding this experience right now. I'm going to go to, I think it's Play 7, um, which is about injuries and, like, that experience and self-care surrounding that. Um, so I think... It's very individualized because I may not feel comfortable talking to my friends about it or my coach, but I may feel comfortable like taking some steps doing self-care by myself and kind of trying to work it work through it on my own. Um, whereas somebody else might recognize their need to their need for support and their need to talk to someone and they feel comfortable going to one of their teammates or to their coach or seeking outside support. Um, so really I think that it's very individualized in terms of how people can find that, find what's going to help them turn the corner. So unfortunately, I don't necessarily know that there's one easy step that somebody can do. I think part of it is understanding yourself, which I think athletes do really well. Right. I agree with that. I mean, I I was looking for your, your, your blanket statement of, you know, get a good night's rest. And <laughs> what I got was 10 times better than that because this is, Nobody. Why, this is why you're the expert and I'm not. So part of my self-care playbook, it, it does touch upon sleep and getting a good, good night's rest, like something you can't, you can't catch up on your sleep. And that's something that, and I know that you know that wholeheartedly. I know sleep you know that. Sleep not real. <laughs> but student athletes in particular who play a lot of different roles and are immersed in a bunch of different cultures and experience between being a student athlete, being... Um, you know, a, a daughter, a son, a sibling, a friend, an athlete, a, whatever else, whatever other roles they might play. Right. Some of these people are mothers and fathers already and things like that. Like, they play a lot of different roles. Um, and that's a lot. I mean, student athletes, in terms of, like, the, the workload that they, they put in, think about sports as almost like a full-time job, plus – and a D1 level, like, you're you're doing so many different things. Like, I know when I was in school, I was attending. I wasn't even a student athlete in college. Um, and I was attending, you know, seminars, like freshman seminars and different trainings and things like that. These athletes have to do all of those things mm -hmm. on top of academic advising meetings, um, like lots of different things. I mean, this just could roll on. But yeah. I mean, I, I can even speak from the standpoint of when I was at Buff State playing football. I, we, If you were an athlete as a freshman, there were specific to athlete classes that you had to take. And there was, I think it worked out to be... Your first two semesters each had 
enough of these things that they worked out to one full class per semester, but they were all like half credit classes, one day a week for 40 minutes type thing. And it was taking notes in college and, yeah. you know, so life skills, yeah, li- yeah life skills absolutely. type stuff and dealing with being a college athlete. And a lot of those, I mean, yeah, it's great to say you take a block of classes Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and a block of classes Tuesday, Thursday. And outside of that, you got to practice, you got to lift, you got to run, you got to mm-hmm. eat, you got to do homework and travel. But, and travel if you're not if you don't live on campus. No, no, no. Oh, travel. and travel in season on yes. top of that. Yes. Um, and then know. I mean, you think about like these kids don't even necessarily have time to go home sometimes and see their family. A lot of the kids at UB are from out of state, and that's really hard. So you factor all of that in, and a lot of what I talked about was sleep and time management because sleep is going to be the most effective for you to be healthy and successful. But it's not. That's not enough. And like I was saying, like you can't you can't just catch up on sleep. And sleep is only one piece of the puzzle, which is why there's no one real step that somebody can take to take to turn that corner. Circling back to the question that you asked, there's just there's just not um, there's no blanket statement because it's all individual, and it's all related to whatever you're going through in that moment and what's going to be best to help you. And that's why somebody like the role that I'm hoping to fill is essential when working with student athletes. Why I think someone like a social worker should be employed at on college campuses to work with student athletes because a social worker looks at a college athlete from all of those roles that they fill and all of those experiences that they have and they let that athlete be the expert of their own experience and share that in a way to help them find the best solution for themselves. Right on. Now, one last thing here. I know you've seen it. I know I've dealt with it personally. I've seen former athletes of mine kind of go through it. And from a social work standpoint, <clears throat> you know, we've talked a lot about helping student athletes along the way. What about if and when, God forbid, it's over, the career's done? You know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be in my 30s and still playing somewhat competitive levels of a couple sports, even if one of them is a modified version of the sport I played in high school and college. And the other one, you know, I get to suit up and play against some guys that, you know, some played in the show, some are other guys like me that, you know, just are living, still living the dream one year at a time. But there's a lot of people that aren't so lucky. There's a lot of people that maybe, you know, you play a sport that there isn't really a huge league for amateurs outside of college or you know even you're in college and next thing you know you didn't cut it and it's over what what would you say to those kids for those kids what would you want to do for them what would you like to see change and i i'm kind of attacking this from a standpoint of a story that i know from you that you've told me that i won't bring up specifics on because obviously confidentiality stuff however like you know, you did speak on the fact, you know, to me of this, this kid was in all these things to help him. And then all of a sudden he wasn't playing sports anymore. And all those services just kind of stopped. Uh, This is a loaded question also, um, because there's a lot that goes into it, but I think that that is much more deeply rooted in this con this concept of athlete culture. Um, and a lot of the research that I found out there on, sports social work and the experience of being an athlete is really related to endings 
Um, and I know that when I spoke with um, a professional in the field, I was talking to her about, you know, what she does with student athletes, someone who is in the role that I want to be in, essentially. Um, and she told me, you know, a lot of what I do doesn't even necessarily relate to sports. It's just being there for the students and supporting them as a person. Um, and she's like, a lot of times the people that I work with are student athletes who are no longer student athletes. Um, and it's helping them understand their identity outside of sports, but also understand that their identity is still connected to sports, even if you're no longer playing. Because that's a huge part of who you were for however long you played. Growing up, whatever it might be, like that's, that's a huge part of who you are. Um, so finding ways to recognize and understand that, but also conceptualize yourself outside of sports is what I think is key in handling that. Um, am I missing any other parts of what you asked me? I don't think so. I mean, it's that 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 seemed like a solid answer to me. I mean, that's you know, it. There's it, a lot that goes into it because there there's is. a lot of mental health aspects that are wrapped up into that. Um, especially if it's a sudden ending, and that's that's pretty difficult. But um, from a social work standpoint, something that we really pride ourselves on in our work is transitions and endings because life is always transitioning, isn't it? I mean, think about as you grow up through different phases of life and you're moving from different schools and um, just in general, like your life is a constant transition. So that's something that we work through because we're here for life support um, and providing support through all phases of your life and your experience in life. So um, that's something that's huge in social work and it's really, it especially related to athletes, it's important to recognize who these people are um, outside of athletics but how much athletics has helped to shape their identity as well. Right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Cool. 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 So we're uh, we've hit the forty minute mark. Actually, a couple minutes over. Is there anything else that you would want to cover? Want to talk about? Want to put out there for people? Anything you'd like to say? No, I don't think so. Okay. I am out of questions. Um, Mostly because your answers are so well thought out and direct that really don't have much follow up on them. Well, thanks. So the uh, I appreciate you coming on to talk culture, even if it's a little bit more from a different side of things that I think people would possibly be looking for. But at the same time, this is again, this podcast is and will always will be about the growth of the game of baseball and the growth of athletics and one of the things that, like I said, I think is a big deal for athletes and for coaches is to grow, not, you know, it's easy for a coach to, to write a workout plan for a coach to write a practice plan and a game plan and put in, you know, install plays and everything else and tell you what you should do. You know, and we, we've all heard it our whole lives. How many times, you know, you played sports, I played sports. How many times did you hear coaches say things like, hey, make sure you eat good, get a good night's sleep, drink enough water, and make sure you're in the weight room every day, literally every day. And how many times have you heard a coach say, hey, make sure you take the time to make sure that you're okay today? Never. And well, very, very rarely, I should say. It's never happened in my experience, but that's not to say that it doesn't happen. Correct. That's, yes, exactly. So I think this was a fantastic conversation to put out for people, and hopefully 
if one person takes something from this and if one athlete listens to this and if they are struggling in some way, shape or form, because I'm, I am here to tell you, I'll be the first one to tell you that we have all been there. Any athlete that tells you that they've never struggled at some point or another and whether it be with injuries, whether it be with how you feel about yourself, your family, any any issues you might be going going through, dealing with, anything that's weighing heavy on your heart and heavy on your head, any athlete that tells you that they've never dealt with something like that is either lying to you or they're not really alive. And it is okay to go and ask for help. It is okay to go see people, talk to people, even if it's a, even if it's a friend. You know, we talked uh, about the culture of having teammates that will help you with these things, and you know, anything up to actually seeking licensed professional help, anything you need to do to get you okay is if one person takes that from this conversation, this entire thing will have been a success. And just this episode alone, if, if one person takes this, this entire podcast will have been a success. So thank you for coming. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for the very, very well thought out intellectual conversation and probably raising my IQ a little bit along the way. Thank you. You're welcome. For uh, those of you still playing the home game here, as always, the Tip of the Cap podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports is the go-to place for yours truly and half of his wardrobe, most of his baseball equipment, and maybe someday I'll buy myself a custom glove from them because they're cool as all hell. They've designed jerseys for me. They will design jerseys for me in the future. If you guys want or need custom jerseys of any sport, even those who don't play baseball, <laughs> come find me hit me up i will hook you up with my people and we will get something going their work is fantastic their products are quality and that is just how they roll don't be afraid to look good feel good and play good put that s on your chest today stingerwoodbats.com stinger sports go check them out see what's up one last time Allie, thanks for joining me it was a pleasure to have you and i look forward to maybe doing this again absolutely i would love to come on again right on have a good one guys